0: So... What does it mean to be a modern warrior? First off, the elephant in the room. Warrior isn't a dirty word. A warrior is mindful. They seek excellence and have learned to control their aggression. It's about understanding leadership, developing individual resilience, and seeking consistent human optimization. Remember, lifting heavy isn't dangerous. Being weak is dangerous. Fortune favors the brave, and you're never given more than you can handle. This, then, is the Warrior You podcast. All call signs. Ready, ready, ready. Let's roll. You hear where I sort of merged two lots of drum beats in the one? I think that's actually pretty cool. Righto, so here we are, another week, another Warrior You podcast. This week, I'm going to be talking about leadership and sharing with you my rule of threes. So, you know, I want to thank you for joining me. The podcast is all about my discovery around the most important topics in my life, that being... You know, leadership, resilience and human optimization. You've heard me say it before. I'm doing this solo this week. Uh, the Minister for Facts and Figures, Trent Bernard, is recovering from an operation and he's a little bit under the weather. So we thought it better that he doesn't come on the show uh, pumped out of his brain on morphine and start making, you know, grandois claims about things. Um, hey, look, in case anyone's concerned as to his welfare, I think he, he had a hernia. Um, that's all. And he's fine. He has a new belly button, which I'm sure he's really proud of. Do you know, interestingly, a belly button was your first mouth. Mind blown. Um, Anyway, he'll be making an incredible recovery and be back on the podcast hopefully next week. But with that said, I have a treat for you this week because I thought I would talk to you all about leadership and specifically my rule of threes. You will have to put up with my voice for however long this takes, I'm afraid. So as long as you've got this on in the background, you're doing whatever you're doing, you're at the gym or you're doing meal prep for the week or you're driving in your car um, or some other strange thing that you do while listening to podcasts, I'm sorry, you're going to have to listen to me drone on for a little bit, but I'm going to try and make it as entertaining as I can. And in particular, I'm going to talk to you about a blueprint for much better leadership, it's like a, a playbook of excellence when it comes to leadership. So, I'm pretty much going to answer all of your leadership questions and solve all of your leadership problems with three simple rules for leadership three, tra, tre, tres, eins, dry, whatever. Um, three. So, three things to stop doing, start doing, and keep doing in. 2021, if you want your leadership to be better. Alrighty, first of all, stop micromanagement. It just doesn't work. And it's the opposite to what you want to achieve as a leader, actually. The second stop is stop changing the goalposts. It's confusing to your team, it reduces productivity, and it makes you look like a dick, actually, when you change the goalposts. Stop. Number three. Gossiping about others. If you're heard by someone in your team talking about someone else, the chances are they'll just wonder what you're saying about them behind their back. So stop doing that. Alrighty, start. Start seeking mentors. You know, you may have heard me say before coaches need coaches, and it demonstrates professionalism. So you should seek. Mentors in the field that you're in and other fields too. You should also start disagreeing politely. Fight the problem, not the person. Conflict can be healthy. It has to be moderated and respectful though for it to be healthy. Start leaving loudly. Your team deserves to know they can put themselves and their family first. So create a culture where staying late isn't a badge of honor. Sending emails on the weekend isn't a badge of honor. So, yeah, start leaving loudly. All right, keep. Keep praising team members. No one has ever quit because they were publicly acknowledged for doing a great job, right? So, praise more. Keep pursuing lifelong learning. I know a lot of you do this anyway, or you wouldn't be listening to this podcast, but inquisitive leaders seek different perspectives. And in that way, they're able to change their minds or positions on topics. It's really, really important because that is how a leader becomes adaptive. And keep investing in people. You know, you may have heard me say before, and I've talked to Patrizia uh, Swavuta about this, you know, from Self Hackathon, the most untapped resource on the planet is the human mind. So... Build better leaders and then seed them throughout your organization. A high-performing leader needs a lot of micro-leaders underneath them, pushing their vision, their agenda. Okay, so what was that again? Let's just go from the top. It was stop micromanaging, changing goalposts, and gossiping about others. Start seeking mentors, disagreeing politely, and leaving loudly, and keep praising team members, pursuing lifelong learning and finally investing in people. Okay, let's drill right down into the weeds with these concepts, all right? Let's go over the stop first. So these are the things that create frictions within a team and they lead to confusion for team members. The first one, as you may recall, is micromanagement. All righty, when we micromanage someone, we actually undermine them. You're not leading someone if you are micromanaging their behaviours and doing the work for them or, or even through them, okay? Good leadership requires that you share the journey that you're all on and to convey the tasks required of the team member, giving them time to work out a solution that's actually within their authority and skills and to then seek the resources from you to do that task. So remember, just because someone wants to do something slightly different than the way you would like it done doesn't necessarily make it wrong as long as it's done um, safely, ethically and legally. Your role is to sit above the process and guide team members to keep everyone moving forward on the, the chart that you've plotted for them. So you don't want to be micromanaging your human resource You need them to do things in a way that, for them, is it feels natural and draws on their own skills. And if you're able to do that, you'll be a lot more successful leader. All right, the next stop, changing the goalposts. This has got to be the most frustrating thing about being a team member. When the leader changes course in the middle of a project, or while you're all striving for the same goal, it can have seriously detrimental effects on your team's morale. Um, Interestingly, this is sometimes a fault seen in really good leaders who communicate clearly and articulately, but the wheels of change above them are working so rapidly that they, they come back and the project's changed before They've they've said what they needed to say to you. They've then gone back to their higher headquarters or their their own leaders, and things have changed. There's something to be said for outlining visions in large, broad brush strokes. You know, like um, big hands, little maps. Here's a here's a here's a little tiny map, and here's the theme. Not in the minute detail of the tasks, and it sort of goes hand in hand with micromanagement a little bit. When working in the conceptual space, let us um, uh, up in the bridge of a giant warship. Let's use that as a metaphor. For instance, you're more able to adjust the course of the behemoth of the battleship than if you're down in a dinghy at the bow of the ship. Does that? I think that does that make sense? So you know, if you're able to stand above everything and give broad sort of goals that's a lot more powerful than if you for instance um are trying to change those goals on the fly so themes are easier for you to to then be able to change themes slightly than to change an actual small minute goals so try and articulate things in in larger um theoretical terms rather than in smaller terms All right, stop gossiping about others. You may have heard this said a few times on this podcast. You are the standard that you accept. And gossiping is actually an evolutionary habit, believe it or not. Believe it or not. Gossip. Before our ape ancestors had developed guttural utterances to communicate They would groom each other to show warmth and affection. You know, when you see two apes, one on the back of the other one, and it's cracking the nits by his ear and letting him hear it, him or her. This behavior continued even as rich language was developed, and it slowly morphed into sharing information instead of removing that lice or tick or whatever it is from another's neck fur. Imagine a group of team members standing around a water cooler saying, Hey, uh... Hey, have you heard, yeah and then just throw in there any other unsubstantiated rumor or conspiracy theory that you can think of all right and and this is akin to one person giving a gift to another person. The rumor is the gift it's not the the clicking of the bug or tick or or removing a knot of hair from their back. it's the gift of knowledge of something they didn't know before about a certain topic and this has come down through evolutionary strains. So when we're doing this gossiping, it's actually a really natural thing for us to make up stuff or to hear a small piece of information and then to add other context to it and then to stand around and say to a group, oh, have you heard this? And it's actually one of those things that a leader has to be really, really mindful of because if that's happening on your watch, you're no longer controlling the narrative. Rumor and innuendo is controlling a narrative. And when someone doesn't have something to share with the group, they do quite often just make something up that is as close to a concept as they know it or as close to the truth as they know it. And as a leader, it's one of your roles to know these traits in humans and you've got to be on guard against it. Nothing says you are fine with rumors innuendo and conspiracies more than you doing it as a leader. So don't do that. Don't start that yourself. So don't gossip about others. Don't let other people gossip. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. Alrighty, we're back. Now, some things to start doing 2021 as a leader. Start seeking mentors. You know you want to be able to seek leaders and and look at their styles and understand more about coaches and mentors and great people who've achieved amazing things. You know, leaders and their styles actually come in many forms. If you think about the leaders you have witnessed, there have been thoughtful leaders, there have been brash leaders, quiet leaders, and leaders that you can then hear in another country, right? Some leaders draw their strength from a great grasp of the English vernacular, right, language. Some from setting the behaviors that they expect, and some leaders through acts of courage, be it physical or moral courage. The diversity of leadership you know, styles is actually almost without limit. So everyone's doing it right and everyone's doing it wrong. But you want to seek more role models and mentors so that you can have more of a golf bag approach to your own leadership. The diversity of, you know, leadership, it's one of those things where historical forces are more in play than the leader themselves. Um, historical forces create the circumstances in which leaders emerge, but the characteristics of the particular leader, in turn, will have their own impact on history. If you think about, you know, the arsenal that you need for leadership, will you have the right tools for what history throws at you? You know, you need to prepare your leadership arsenal for if you're tested. And this means consulting widely and building a network of coaches and mentors that can help you level up all facets of your leadership style. One isn't enough. It takes a village to raise a child, and so it is with leadership. It takes a robust cohort of brilliant people to help you become the best leader that you can be. If we think about Winston Churchill, for instance, you know he wasn't prepared for when he was going to be... Um, a leader for world war two years and years and years before that um, history would show that that he had tried to be a leader on many occasions and was found wanting so i think that in that with that example in mind you're going to need to continue to, to evolve seek those seek those mentors and develop your own sort of leadership style all right something else to start doing Leaving loudly with great power comes great responsibility. If you're in a position as a leader to manage your own time, your workload, and if you're able to then sneak away to pick up the kids from school or go to watch sport or head out to do retail therapy, whatever the hell it is, if you can sneak away to do that, don't. Don't sneak away. Leave loudly. That's good leadership. It sends a message that it's okay to manage your time and not always put work at the center of your life. It sends a message that work-life balance is good business strategy and it stops people creating rumors to explain your absence, which I think is also a thing, you know. And in the end, it becomes, there is this arms race of who's been at work the longest. And, you know, I've talked before about don't be output-focused Be outcome-focused. You know, your output is how many hours you've sat there during the week and just churned away on crap. But your outcome is, hey, we've achieved these tasks on this goal, on this vision. Now, if you need to duck away at 3 in the afternoon on a Friday to, to go to an assembly for your children, that's important. And if you're able to manage that and also still meet all your deliverables, well, that's great and you should let people know that, especially if you're a leader. Right, where are we at? Okay, things I want you to keep doing. Keep praising team members. First, let me just say this. Condescending does not release energy or stir any motivation to get the best out of someone. It just doesn't. All right? If you're condescending to your team members, you, know, you are on a path of destruction. There's no place in a team for any conversations that belittle, tease, or bully. I don't care if you think I'm some left-hard that's saying, You know, we need safe spaces here, there, and there. We absolutely do. We have for millennia. We're just at the point now where we're we're becoming more in tune with the fact. High performance means that you need a resilient team. You can only get a resilient team if you've got diversity. You can only get diversity if everyone feels safe and heard. Uh, I mean, I'm ex-Special Forces major, guys, girls, everyone. I'm telling you this. It's the truth. There's no place in a team for any conversations that belittle, tease, or bully. I grew up in that environment where it was alpha against alpha, varying levels of alpha, I might add, and all that it created was unhealthy competition and a poisonous culture of always trying to get one up on each other. So, you know, we had jokes at other people's expense and then expecting people to have a thick skin, I should say. like, And that's just not okay. You don't get to tell others how you make them feel about the insult that you've just dished out. You don't get to tell people how they feel. So praising team members. It's vitally important to use it as your first port of call. Let me paint a picture for you. I'll put it this way. The foundation of leadership is influence, okay? That's the foundation. Think of a huge concrete slab of influence, and that's needed to compel your team to do what you want them to do Because they want to do it, which is leadership in a nutshell. So you've given them a vision. You want to take them on that journey. Influence is the foundation. And a lot of people just don't understand that that's the foundation, but it's as simple as that. And then the foundation then has three pillars that comes out of that foundation, purpose, motivation, and direction. And each of these pillars is built by bricks of behaviors and actions and characteristics and values. And let's just focus on, on one of those pillars, right? The motivation pillar for a moment. It's constructed of all the interactions that you can create that emotionally connects your team to their work. So things like celebrating birthdays, giving awards for great performance, um, in some cases sharing that a person has done the mundane shit over and over again. It's just their job. Perhaps it just is their job. But by virtue of them just doing their job, just doing that mundane crap, they've actually averted a crisis, which most of you celebrate. Most of you celebrate, you know, we've solved this crisis, but haven't actually looked at the fact that if someone had just done their job, you wouldn't have had to have celebrate having the crisis solved. In that mind, lots of maintenance roles comes to mind. So praise then, in all of its forms, are the bricks that make up the pillar of motivation Standing on the foundation of influence. God, that sounds convoluted. But you get the picture, right? Praise is actually how you motivate. I mean, that's that's a bloody no-brainer. Alrighty, the next thing to keep doing. Pursuing lifelong learning. I, I would first make the assertion, when I think of lifelong learning, I would make the assertion that you can't lead others until you can actually lead yourself like it stands to reason that you need to be reflective of your own personality to sort of have an understanding as to who you really are in the hope that perhaps you can also understand how others might perceive you we do this um, this whole exercise in my leadership consultancy business where participants write their strengths and areas for development and then so they do it on a post-it note and then they do the same thing for all the other participants in the group. Then what we do is we go to a whiteboard, list everyone's names on the whiteboard, and we we put those post-it notes under each person's name. So now under every person's name is all the strengths and all their weaknesses or areas for opportunity for development, as we say nowadays. Right, They're all up on the board in black and white for everyone to walk up and look at for how others perceive them. These are the strengths I think you have. And these are your opportunities for development. And they are brutal because we create that safe space, right, where people can be valued and heard. So it's like, hey, tell us what you really think about these people. And then you can see that sometimes your post-it note with your strengths and your areas for, you know, opportunity for development, they don't actually match what other people think, right? So, and when that happens, when it doesn't match that, that's when we know that someone is a little askew of how they think they're seen by others you'd be really surprised as to the gap between how most people see themselves and how others truly see them. You know, things like knowing your own disk profile or your personality um, biases, that's just the start of lifelong learning. So gathering a deep understanding of how you react in different situations is really important. How you cope under pressure and then how you cope under pressure while hungry or thirsty Uh, tired, or when you need the bathroom, or the evil trifecta, which is what I call it when you're hungry, tired, and need a shit, right? So, um, yeah, anyway. So know thyself and the impact that you have on others. And I'm going to say, I'm just going to go on a bit of a rant here, but this seems to be lost on the new generation. Now, not the generation listening to me now, but your kids. My observations are that that generation isn't being taught about how they're Actions affect those around them, and they don't give a shit. But affecting others with your behavior, so think um, loudness, smelling, swearing, littering, spitting, cursing, horseplay, pushing in. There's millions of examples of how your behavior is directly affecting a person in your vicinity. All of this has effects on others, and importantly, and this is the thing, it makes you less likable. And... As I've said before, if leadership is getting people to do what you want them to do because they want to do it, they're not going to do it if they don't like you. Likeability is actually a really key component part of leadership. Actually, it's one of the most important aspects to true leadership, being likable. Just think about that for a bit. Maybe we're breeding a whole new generation of people who won't be liked because they affect people with their selfish behavior. You can't get people to do what you want them to do because they want to do it when they can't stand you because your behavior directly affects them either physically or mentally. Okay, enough about self though. Another aspect to lifelong learning is the laboratory, laboratory of work itself. I talked about start finding mentors in the things to start doing, right? Way back then. Well, you should also keep witnessing reverse role models. Those that you don't want to emulate those leaders who are jerks. Look for leaders that are ineffective. Keep notes on what it is that they are doing that is not effective in the hope that you won't do that. I mean, that is really, really important. Some of the best examples that you will see of how to be as a leader is the way others are stuffing it up and lifelong learning. Look for role reassignments when you can. It staves off boredom and you'll learn new skills. Being a generalist is vital if you want to succeed as an impactful leader actually understanding more than a specialist role so look for that sort of reassignment within your you know your area of expertise look for reassignment away from it lifelong learning means being able to cross boundaries so that you have this this thirst for knowledge outside of sort of the left and right of arc of your specialty businesses have departments and they can be you know, really protective of their turf or their silo. You want to break down those walls. You want people to see you as one of theirs, even though you may not be at all. So building those relationships, it, it sort of stands with what um, General Stanley McChrystal talks about in Team of Teams. So you really want that lifelong learning, you know, pursuing lifelong learning to be outside of what you're comfortable with. Now, the final thing to keep doing, You need to keep investing in people. The most untapped resource, and I guess without a doubt the most powerful resource that can change the world is a human mind. You only need to look at the people behind the great companies of our time to see how the human mind, coupled with unwavering motivation, has changed the world. And I guess to a certain degree, a little bit of narcissism, but anyway. You've got Facebook, Google, Amazon, Tesla, you know. These, are all, these have all been created by people who have an unwavering motivation to push things forward. But also, the human mind came up with those concepts. You know, having said that, humans are complex and messy. And I've always thought that this is true. Life and the world around us is equally as complex. So you've got complex humans and complex life. Our own team members so your subordinates or constituents or whatever you want to call them, they're affected by more than just your leadership shadow, you know the things that you want them to do, the, the way you try and motivate, purpose, motivation, direction. They are affected by more than just that raw data that's spewing out of your mouth as a leader. Our team members are affected by environmental circumstances over which you, as a leader, have actually little or no control you know, they're affected by their own human impulses, their psychology, their own biases. They have reactions to stimulus. They're affected by chance events that happen to them, you know, in their own lives, and more profound events that they're probably not going to share with you. You know, think about cancer. I mean, everyone knows someone who's got cancer in their family. The loss of loved ones through old age or or, or tragic circumstances. Think about the rate of miscarriages that we don't even hear about okay in in our in our women team members they, they don't talk about it and that's occurring that's occur- You've if you're a leader that's occurred and you don't know about it and then think about breakups and people go through those so much differently some people it's really really emotional and hard work however as a leader if if you understand that there are these invisible forces at play you're much more likely to take it easy on a wayward team member you know the best of them is yet to come think of it like that you don't know what's going on in these invisible forces in their life you can try and find out sure okay and we should always seek ways to remove whatever is holding a team member back from being motivated in the first place and this is how you invest in people your time your thought energy and those conversations that you have are all really important ways to invest in people you know i've been guilty of cutting team members away myself um, that i thought were beyond help back in my earlier years i'm not necessarily very proud of that but i thought that person's i'm just going to pay them off only to find out that in years to come that that person had been you know the team member that another leader had sung their praises as the driving force behind their mission so it's not always what it seems that's what i'm trying to say you know, and part of investing in your team members is to keep notes on them. No one, no one should have a span of command so large that they can't keep a leadership notebook, a page of notes on their direct reports. And this would contain things like when their birthday is, their partner's names, spouse names, things like that. Um, their kids' names, their pets' names, any sports that they like and hobbies. All of these things help to build that picture. And then each month you might write a paragraph on that team member's performance and their behaviors and alignment with the corporation values. And this is really important. And it's it's private too. It's not for dissemination. It's not to be shared, but it keeps you connected with the individual. And then that effort of that connectedness is actually called leadership. I mean that isn't you know that just is what it is. It's an energy transference. righty. So we've talked a fair bit, well I've talked a fair bit in the last 30 minutes about some what I think are some pretty important concepts. So things to stop doing, start doing and keep doing, stop micromanaging, stop changing the goalposts, stop gossiping about others, start seeking mentors, start disagreeing politely, fight the problem, not the person, start leaving loudly and keep praising team members, pursuing lifelong learning and investing in people, which I think is you know, really important. I don't think any of those is more important than the other. I think that rule of threes and then broken into threes is really important. So yeah, I've talked about the things to stop doing, start doing and things to keep doing in 2021. The leadership rule of threes, we'll put it up on the um on the blog as well. I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's as simple as this, gang. Leadership is an energy transference. The more energy that you put in as a leader, the better the return of investment. So the foundation of leadership is influence, Purpose, motivation, direction of the pillars. And that's how you gain that influence. And we need to stop doing things that make the operating environment uncertain for our team members. And we need to start doing things that creates a culture of positivity. And we need to keep doing things that empowers our team members and ourselves to learn about our interactions and how things can be better. This rule of threes might seem simple. It really is. But it's like leadership. All of these theories work really well in a vacuum, but the minute you add the inherently messiness of humans to the equation, it becomes a lot more complex. Anyway, I hope that you enjoyed this week's Warrior U podcast. Special thanks to Trent Bernard for his assistance. Mentions go to Sophie Davey for research and the team at Hindsight Leadership and Resilience for production and editing. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And feel free to follow the Instagram warrioru.australia account and the Hindsight Leadership account. Thanks, team. Righto. Thanks for listening, gang. If you'd like to find out about our parent company and the leadership and resilience training and workshops that they offer, please head to the Hindsight Leadership website, www.hindsightleadership.com. Hindsight Leadership, all one word. If you'd like to donate to the podcast and remember every dollar helps, you can do that through the podcast website at www.podcast.warrioru.com.au. There's a donation tab at the bottom of the main page, and all donations are really appreciated. They keep the show on the road. And if you're interested in the Warrior U military preparation course, whether that's just a physical training component or the whole cultural training package, this can also be found through the podcast website, www.podcast.warrioru.com.au Righto, thanks for listening and live a life worth living. Well, that turned out all right, didn't it? Okay, the uh, After Podcast Club, if you've got to this point, um, send me a direct message and let me know. and. Um, I'll see if I can throw you a t-shirt in the mail. See you again. Bye.